Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles tonight as we join together to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Yes. Let's join together for prayer. Dear gracious Lord and Father, we do praise You for giving us yet another time to come and to open Your Word, to allow our, our soul and our life to be open to Your Spirit that You may speak into our hearts. Lord, we pray that as we uh, become attentive to You in this time, Lord, that You would allow us, Lord, to, to block out the things of this world and, Lord, help us to, to be mindful of who You are, who You are to us, and what You mean to us in so many ways. Lord, we just pray that You allow us, uh, Father God, to be fed by Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm 139 is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Uh, it's so familiar to me, I, I'm always afraid I've already preached from it. And if I have, I'm sorry, but I'm going to preach from it again. It's that good. It's just that good. It's just that good. Um, tonight I want to ask you uh, if you've ever heard of uh, a book by the name of Is There Anything Bigger Than a Blue Whale? It's, na- it's a book. It's a children's book. It's written by a fellow by the name of Robert Weiss, I believe is his last name. Uh, he wrote this book, and, and basically he uh, talks about, is there anything bigger than a blue whale? Uh, and uh, personally, I've never read, read the book, but uh, uh, I understand that the blue whale is the biggest animal there is. Now, some of you that have horses, I know you uh, like riding your horses, but the reason you ride a horse is because it's bigger than you, right? It'd be kind of hard to ride a horse that's smaller than you, wouldn't it? I mean, I got a dog that's smaller than me. I can't ride my dog. I, I'm sorry. Uh, we ride horses because they're big and they can support our weight. And that's a big animal, but a blue whale is much bigger than a horse. Um, the fin of on the back of a blue whale is bigger than most animals are in the world. And so the blue whale is so much bigger than, uh, than we are. It's bigger than any other animal in, on the planet at this time that we're aware of. There may be creatures, I like to say it that way because it makes it fun. There's cre- there may be creatures in the depths of the ocean that we're not aware of, but the blue whale is one that we are, and it is the biggest uh, that we are aware of. Now, as big as a blue whale is, blue whale is not bigger than a mountain. Uh, Mount Everest is the tallest mountain on the face of the earth. 
And if you took a hundred blue wells and you were able to put them in a jar, you could take a million jars of blue wells and they would not fill up all of Mount Everest. Now that's a lot of jars of big blue wells. But Mount Everest, as big as it is, is not uh, the whole earth. The whole earth is so much bigger than Mount Everest. In fact, Mount Everest is just one little tiny wisp of part of the earth. Uh, the earth is so much bigger than Mount Everest. In fact, you could take 150 Mount Everest and stack them on top of each other and they would not fill up the whole earth. Uh, uh, the earth is so much bigger than Mount Everest. Now, the earth is big, but it's not the biggest thing there is out there. In fact, you could take the earth and you could take a million earths and put them into the sun. Now, that's a lot of earths. I mean, if you think about it, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of sun. Well, yeah, that's a lot of, of the sun. The sun's big. But the sun isn't the biggest there is out there. In fact, there are many other stars that are much bigger. In fact, our star, uh, the star that is our sun, is is relatively small in compared to other uh, uh, stars that are out there. And, and uh, there's some beautiful graphics that I've seen before, and I know where I could get a hold of them, but I just didn't want to go to all the trouble. But anyway, uh, our star is is big. Like I said, we you could put a million Earths inside of our star, uh, the sun, and it would fill up. Uh, it would take a million of them to fill up the sun. But you could uh, our sun by by it, no stretches is, is the biggest star. Uh, um, there is, uh, if you take a red dwarf star, uh, those are the stars that are that are humongous. In fact, there uh, uh, there are stars that are red dwarf stars, and they're in the midst of collapsing. They take scientists tell us that it takes millions of years for them to finally burn off all the remaining of the fuel and it takes uh, 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 millions of years for them to burn it off. And uh, there's uh, a red dwarf star and I've, I i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but I got it right here so I'll, I'll bring this up and I'll, I'll tell you. There's a red dwarf star that is uh, called Antares. Okay, this red dwarf star is so big that if you put it in the place of where our sun is, it would go out, uh, the size of this red dwarf star would go out beyond the orbit of Mars. It's that big. And you could, and it is so big that you could put, uh, I want to get this right too, uh, you could put, 50 million of our suns inside of Antares. That's big. That, I mean, that is huge. I mean, remember how we, what size we are on the earth and how big the earth is to us. But you could put a, a 50 million of our suns inside of Antares. That's how big it is. But Antares is not the biggest thing there is out there. In fact, uh, it is one, uh, just one of billions of stars that make up the Milky Way galaxy. 
And as big and as immense as the Milky Way galaxy is, our universe is made up of millions of galaxies, of billions of stars each. And as many stars as that sounds, much of space, scientists tell us, much of space is empty. Because the distance between the stars is so great. I mean, even though there's all these stars out there and all these galaxies out there, there's immense space between each galaxy. And it is relatively empty in terms of things that are out there. Now, um, and that just goes to tell you how great our God is, doesn't it? Now, uh, the Bible tells us that, uh, that God holds the universe in the palm of His hand. And Psalms 139 is one of those places in the Bible that tells us how great God is, how immense He is, and how wonderful He is. And so that's why I bring us here uh, to Psalm 139. This is a Psalm of David. This is something that David wrote. Many of the Psalms were written by David. Not all of them were, but many of them were. And David wrote this Psalm about his relationship to God and his understanding of who God is. He said, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising, <laughs> and Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down. <coughs> Excuse me. And art acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from Thy Spirit or whither shall I flee from Thy presence? And if I ascend up into heaven, Thou art there. And if I make my way a bed in hell, behold, Thou art there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall Thy hand lead me and Thy right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that thy uh, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in the book of all of my members were written which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious are uh, also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, and how great is the sum of them. And if I should count them, they are more than the number uh, than of the sand. And when I wake, I am still with thee. 
this is an amazing passage of Scripture and it talks a lot about uh, uh, our understanding of who God is and what uh, the enormity of who God is. He says, first, uh, he says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising, and Thou understandest my thoughts from afar off. He says, first of all, we need to understand that God is omniscient. Now, all of us know these things, but this is how David expresses them. He says, Lord, You know me. And I've always thought about this and understood this about God. He is omniscient. But what David points out to us is not only is God... and Okay, omniscient for those of you that might have a hard time understanding or remembering what this is. Omni means all. And uh, uh, the other half of the word uh, relates to the science. And and so it's talking about uh, that word is the word for knowledge. And so God knows all things. And since God... And I've always... And look, as a little child, I knew that God knew all things. But what David here is saying is God knows all things and He knows me. How great is that? That in all of that God knows, He knows me. He says, you know when I sit down and you know when I get up. You know when I come and I go. Look, not even your spouse knows everywhere you go unless you tell them everything that, uh, that you do from moment to moment, which sometimes I feel like uh, that... Uh, our spouses want to tell, especially for men, our wives want to come home and they, what do they want to do? They want to tell us in detail, moment by moment, every single thing that happened. And I'm thinking, my goodness, if she keeps on going like this, it's going to take all day for me to hear everything that happened. But that's the difference between men and women, isn't it? I mean, ladies, you like to tell your husband exactly what happened and then you need to tell us what it all means. But God knows it all. He knows when we come. He knows when we go. He knows all these things. He knows uh, all of that thing. You know, God, yes, God knows all things. But what's important about that is, is that God knows me and He knows you. He knows us intimately. He knows us uh, uh, in detail. And He says, more than anything, you know my thoughts. He says, verse 3, You compassed my path and my lying down and aren't acquainted with all of my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it all together. You know, I, I, I'm going to disown uh, relationships a little bit because uh, it, it's talking about relationship here. It's talking about God knows everything. He knows us intimately. He knows us so well that He knows every word that might come out of our mouth, he, uh, David says. You know all of my ways, and there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it all together. And You are in front of me, and You're behind me, and Your hand is upon me. He says, look, God knows me so well, He knows the words that are about to come out of my mouth. You know... I know in my relationship with Robin 
that as her husband, there's not a thing I can hide from her. In fact, she can read the expression on my face and know exactly what I'm thinking and know exactly how I feel. There's no, there's no reason to try and hide it from her. Why? Because she knows me. She loves me. She and I have a relationship that, span, that spans for 20 29 years. <laughs> 29 years. I wanted to make sure I got it right. I wanted to make sure I got it right. We have, we have been married for 29 years, and so she knows me, and she knows exactly how I feel, and knows exactly what I'm thinking. David says, God knows you even better. He knows the words that are going to come out of your mouth before they even come out. He knows the thoughts that are in your mind and He knows every intimate detail about you. And you know the thing that I want to always put in there? David doesn't say it here, but He loves me anyway. He loves me anyway, even though He knows all those things. He knows all the thoughts I have in my head. He knows what I'm going to do. He knows the things that I'm going to say and yet He knows all of those he says, you, you've, you're before me and behind me. Here's what I like so much. Not only does God know me, he says, but your hand is upon me. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you think, no matter where you go, God's love is so great for you that his hand is upon you. There's nothing you can do that won't that, that God won't continue to love you. There's look, you know, I, I I encounter people that are this way when you tell them about Jesus Christ and you tell them about how they need to have a relationship with Christ and how God loves them and wants to, uh, uh, them to have Jesus in their heart and they say I can't. You just don't know all the things that I've done. And I, I try and tell them, I, look, Jesus went to the cross and died for you in the midst of all those things that you did. In spite of all those things that you did, He went and died for you on the cross. What more can you possibly do that He wouldn't love you that much that He would send His Son to die on the cross for you? And so uh, David says, look, you know me intimately. You know me inside and out. Your hand is always upon me. And he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me to understand. It's high and I cannot attain unto it. David says, I can't understand it completely because it's too great for me. And he says, here's the next aspect of God. He says, God not only is omniscient, He's uh, omnipresent. He says, look, whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? And if I send up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the outermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand, uh, uh, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Look, he says, look, it doesn't matter how you get there or where you go. 
If you fly, He's there. If you go under the water, He's there. If you try and dig your way to the center of the earth, He's there. If you uh, are, uh, no matter where you go on this earth, it doesn't matter where it might be, God's there with you. God, God, God's there. He's just there. You can't. And you know, it's when we were uh, back when we were talking about uh, Jonah. What did Jonah think trying to get away from God? The Bible says that uh, Jonah tried to flee from God. And we look at that and we say, how silly that is. God's everywhere. How can you flee from? But there are people in this world that are running from God, are they not? There are people in this world that are trying to do everything they can to get away from God, to try and flee away from God because why? They're wanting to do their own thing. They're wanting to live their own life. They're wanting to do, uh, you know, like we were talking about in discipleship training. Uh, They're wanting to rule their own kingdom. They're not wanting to allow God's kingdom to rule within them. And so David says, look, it doesn't matter where I can go. God's there. That's a comfort, isn't it? That means no matter where your life takes you, God's there with you. You can be on an operating table, God's there with you. You can be uh, in a hospital bed, God's there with you. You can be alone at home by yourself and feeling so alone, but yet God is there with you. God's there with you. It doesn't matter where you are. God's always there. And He can give you comfort when you need it. He can give you uh, strength when you feel weak. He, He wants to give you His love when you feel alone and lonely. David says, you know, Even if I say in verse 11 that the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. He says, look, you can... People, when they're... Look, it's it's not very often that people do bad things at 10 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because everybody can see what they're doing, right? People that are trying to break in uh, or it's because nobody's around. Right? Nobody's home. That that might be the only time that they would do something like that. But even then they try and go and hide where they're doing what they're doing because they know other people are around. People try and do bad things when it's dark because they don't want other people to see what they're doing. They don't want people to, to know what they're doing. David says, look... The darkness shall be light for you because there is nowhere that you're not. God's always there. God knows what's going on. God is always with you. And that's a comfort. And David even says, look, anywhere that I go, even in the midst of the great darkness, you're there with me. What a great comfort that is to know that there's nothing in this world. Look, when you, that means when you go into the office uh, to talk to your boss and you're afraid that he's about to fire you, look, God's with you right there. When you face down someone who is being mean at you because you might have uh, taken their parking space or looked sideways at them and they take offense at that and they're getting and they're standing there bawling you out look god's right there with you he's there 
to hold you. David says, look, even there, thy hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. There's nowhere you can go where God can't be there for you. There's nowhere in your life that you can be where God can't be. There's nowhere, look, even in the depths of, of the worst prisons and the worst uh, jails and the worst uh, cave in, in the side of a mountain, God's there with you. And He's there holding you. He's there comforting us. He says, yea, in verse 12, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as day, and the darkness and the light uh, are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins and hast covered me in my mother's wombs. David says, not only is God uh, omniscient, knows all things, and also, if you have to look at all that, what he's saying is, he's also saying that God's all-powerful. He's capable of all things. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He says, look, you formed me. He says, even before I was even a person, you were there. This is the, a beautiful verse of Scripture that is uh, uh, a passage of Scripture I've used many times when dealing with the uh, sanctity of human life. And he says, look, uh, you were the possessor of my reins. You, I like to think what he's talking about is, is he's thinking about, well, I don't think they had them back then, but I can see this little old grandma sitting there and she's she's crocheting. And she's she's sitting there going to town with those crochet needles and she's just got two strings that are coming in and but but after she's been working at a while, boy, there's a blanket there or there's some little booties or there's a little uh a cap or whatever it might be, some gloves and those reins of the of the uh, yarn that's come in, she's knit into something that is. And David says, Lord, you possessed my reins. You took those elements of who I am and you knit them together in my mother's womb. He says, For thou hast possessed my reins and hast covered me in my mother's womb, and I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. My sustenance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members are written, which is the continuance were fashioned, when as yet were none of them. He says, look, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You took the very essence of who I am. You were there with me, forming me and pulling me together. There's nothing hid from me because you pulled the sinews of my life and knit them together 
to make me who I am. And he says, look, you wrote down everything that every part of my life in the books of life before I even existed. Boy, that's amazing that God would know us intimately. That's amazing that God would know us every aspect of who we are. And He's the Creator. He's the one who did all these things. How precious are Thy thoughts unto me, O God, and how great is the sum of them. And now He's talking about how great is the mind of God. Now, if I should count them, uh, they are more than the number of the sands. And when I wake, I am still with Thee. David says, look, there's nowhere I can't go that that you're not there. There's nowhere I can go to get away from you. And why should I even try? Because everything about me and everything that I am, you form together to make me who I am. And as I said before, in spite of all of that, God still loves us. He knows us. God loves you. He knows you with every ounce of who you are. There's nothing that you can't that you can do that God doesn't know about it. He loves you. He desires to be with you. He wants you to know he is there. He wants to embrace you. David says, "Look, and all the things, look at all the things that David did. Look at all the foes that David faced. Not just Goliath, but all the battles that he went out and, and fought, all the, the wild animals that he faced down as a young boy, tending his father's sheep, all those things. David said, look, in all of those things, God, you are there right there with me. And he said, in all those experiences that I had as a little boy, you prepared me for that day that I would meet Goliath. And that day prepared me for the day that I would one day be king. And that prepared me for the day that I, uh, that I would go out and face your enemies, God. And, and I took on those enemies and I knew that I was going in your power and your strength and your might. And all the things that, you've, that have happened in your life are all the sum of who you are. And God put them all together so that you would be ready for the times in which life tests you and in the times in which God wants to use you and the times in which God is preparing you to be the person you are. And guess what? He made you exactly the way you are for a reason. You see, as, as much knowledge and as much information as I can glean from the World Wide Web and from books and from universities, it doesn't make, I, all those things don't make me one ounce of who you are. And all the people that I might be able to, to talk to and influence are not the people that you know, that you, you can influence and that you can reach in ways that I would never dream of. Because God put you together in such a unique way that you're special in your own special way, the way that God wanted you to be, the way that God desires for you to be so that you can be used for His kingdom and His purpose. I can't go where you go to do what you can do for God. I can only go where I can go to do what I can do for God question is, will we go and do for God what He wants us to do? He put us together. 
And He, in all of His wisdom, in all of His understanding, in all of His knowledge of who we are, put us together in that special way so that you and I would be able to live for Him and that we might be able to love Him as He is there loving us. We serve an awesome God who loves us so much in spite of all the things that He knows and all the things that He can do and all the things that, that He has done, He put you together so that you and He might be in a love relationship. And that's what He wants. And that's what He desires. And He's there every step of your life, knocking on the door of your life, to enter in so that He might have a relationship with you. He sent Jesus Christ to the cross so that you and He might have a relationship. That you and He might have that love kind of relationship. That kind of relationship that is like that spouse that's been married to the same person for 50 years, 60 years, and knows the words before they come out of their mouth. God knows them the day you were born. He knew those words that would come out of your mouth because he put them there in your mouth and he knows you because he formed you he he created you and he loves you and he did all of that so that he could be in a relationship with you the question is what is the relationship you know god knows us this well and he's calling us to know him that well too he's calling us to know him in an intimate, personal way. Won't you invite Him into your life? Won't you grow closer to Him? Won't you allow Him to walk with you each step of the way? Won't you acknowledge His presence in your life when you're going through those difficult things? Won't you acknowledge His power in your life when you have no power at all? He's there for you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to love you. And He wants you to feel His hand upon your life. David said, everywhere I go and in the very depths of this world, it doesn't matter where it might be, even when the world is coming in around me and the darkness is encompassing me, he says, your hand is there guiding me. That's so wonderful about God that He would guide us through all those things. He loves you and He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants you to trust in Him. Won't you do that today? Let's pray.